Hello and welcome back everyone to another episode of On Report. Zach, how are we? Yes, good, good, good. Great to be back. Let's get into it. And it's on! So they come in from all parts of the ground now. So welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's 6.30 a.m. for us. We've decided to move this podcast to a Wednesday morning to accommodate Zach's social basketball. How'd you go last night, Zach? Yeah, good. Uh, first game back. Individually, I wasn't fantastic. We don't need to uh, talk about the stats there, but as a team, fantastic. Uh, got a win against the Panthers, who made the finals last year, but we've got a big game next week against the Dogs. So not the Bulldogs, but if it was, it'd probably be easier. So we'll see how we go. What's your team name called? Uh, we're the Crush. Oh, Don't ask why. <laughs> All right, so we'll move along. Let's, uh, let's get into who we're putting on report. Zach, who do you have? My big one, and it was from that Thursday night game, and it's probably been for about three years now. Like Suliasi Vunavalu. I'm putting him on report for being an idiot, but also being kind of hilarious to watch as well because the things he does, especially down at Melbourne Storm, like out of all clubs that are just so professional and so like disciplined, He's just so stupid. Like, his defensive decisions, it's like sometimes he doesn't know what's happening with the game. Like, when we saw the kick that went to Brett Morris on the left-hand side, he ran in towards the post on the last tackle. And then he he turned around and realised, oh, wait, I've got to defend. It's like he thought it was half-time. And then the tackle he made off the kickoff with two minutes to go that gave the ball back to the Roosters. Like, just just stupid stuff. So, he's funny, but he's on report this week. He's got to sort his stuff out. Do you remember when he, um, I think it was like a year or two ago, he was like running back from a kick return and he just like tried to jump over the defense? Yeah, he tried to hurdle yeah. the opposition. Like, like he honestly thinks he's running through the jungle sometimes. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. For me, Zach, you might not like this. I know you're a big fan of him, which I think says a lot about you. Um, Adam Fanua Blake is um, oh, what, what an idiot. He's, so for those that don't know, I'm surprised if you didn't, he's in trouble for going off the referee, absolutely abusing him and then getting sent off post-game. But not only that, he's then been sent off and then gone into the tunnel and then abused him further. He's come out and said, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't really know what those words meant. Oh, that's like, what? Yeah. And this, like, he's, a, he's a fantastic footy player, but he's a shit person. This is also, the, this is also the bloke that has a domestic violence charge for kicking his partner five, three, five years ago, whatever. Like, Oh, and this is also the big scary dude that also um, likes to attack Aaron Molan on social media and has a cutout of her training and stuff. Like, oh, he's I just was... an angry bloke. He's an angry bloke, like most free players. But like, I don't know. Like, it's very hard to say. Like, a player like this can be a role model for the game. But that's the big discussion this week, yeah. talking about like, that all that role model stuff. And he's um he's only been slapped with a two game suspension, which is a joke. If you remember James Gray and the Good Friday clash about four or five years ago against the Bunnies after that field kick, um, field goal controversy. He got four games. He didn't even swear at him. He was just in his face. So for him to only get two, uh, but I think the more that comes out, the more he he's going to get more trouble. I saw today maybe yeah, a five-figure five figure fine. So slapping with more, I reckon, and burning for longer because that, that was really woeful from him. Beautiful. Good stuff. Anyway, rant over. Moving right along to tips and punts. So this is where we like to talk about um, who we think is going to win this week, who we think is going to score, whether it's points, unders, line, overs, whatever, just to help you win your tipping comp or maybe 
win a little bit of money. So how did we go last week, Zach? Again, pretty standard week. Uh, so far this season, it's just been running this way. We've got six from eight. Uh, huge tip with the Warriors. Just kind of a couple upsets do us. So I'll take six from eight and look to build now. I'm looking for hopefully a seven this week, even though it is a tricky week. Exactly. I think we've just got to, we've got to back ourselves more. Uh, any other overarching stats that you reckon is coming into play? Uh, the big one that I looked at, and I guess this is just due to the big games where there's big blowouts and there's like 40 to fours, but the most average, like most of the average margins for a team uh, is 13 plus. Whether that's 13 plus loss or win, it uh, doesn't really matter. But that 13 plus market, it's interesting to look at. I wouldn't buy into it too much, but it's something to keep your eye out. Um, and the overall points, it's good to keep an eye and see what teams have been doing recently and in recent history because those low scoring games and the the teams with history of low-scoring games kind of are consistently just going low-scoring and vice versa because just defense is defense or attack is attack and inability to tackle just like for Cowboys games, you just know it's going over really irrespective of the total score. Mm, perfect. Uh, we've been seeing, uh, people have been sending in a lot of their crazy bets that they've been winning to us and it's uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's our motivation. It's really some weekends, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not punting. I can't do it. And then I see someone hit something ridiculous and it just, it fills me up with joy. So, I think we just keep going. Yeah, like, you see people put, like, a dollar on, like, six legs, picking the margin by one and, like, first try scorer, like, um, Hamunueli, and they win 27K. Like, just ridiculous stuff. And you're like, how does this guy pick it? Like, honestly, good on him. Like, that's what we want. And that's what I think the pod's going to provide this week because we've got a little bit of spice later on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we've got to update you guys on our investment fund. Third week in a row, we got a, we've got an up. Yep. We had first leg sharks half full double, which ended up being way too close for our liking. Bunnies to win, which is fine. So that was just the two legs. We're just looking for two dollars odd there, odds there to double our money each week. And yeah, it's starting to get a bit spicy. We're starting to put the total on, and by our calculations, Zach, we should have about two hundred grand <laughs> if we go all right to the end. Yeah, season end. He's looking at a big night at some little pub. So keep listening to the pod because we're going to have to tell you the bar tab code. But it looks good. Quite excited. And this week's bet, we're still a little bit up in the air about it, but we'll keep you updated next week. And, of course, it's all honesty from us on all ends. So if we're losing, we're losing. If we're winning, we'll make sure we tell you a couple of times. Yeah, awesome. All right. So now moving on to like a new segment or a new game for us. It's Josh versus Zach anytime try score a challenge. So this is where Zach and I will pick one try scorer from each game. So we'll pick eight try scorers in total. We will then, if they're correct, times that, multiply that by their sports bet value. So for example, Josh Morris is $2.20 to score. So if I've, I've picked him. So if he scores, that is 2.2 points to me. And then so on and so on. Uh, the rules are max only two wingers per round because that just gets a bit too easy then. If a player withdraws that player in that fills that jersey will count. And the winner from the previous round, so between the two of us, we'll get to do the intro at the start because that's really hotly contested. So let's run through who we score, uh, who we picked to score. Zach, you go first. Beautiful. A couple of little oddballs here, but I've got a real good feeling. I had a couple of dreams about these guys. I've got Jake Friend in the first game and Peter Hiku for the Warriors, Luke Garner for the Tigers, James Fisher-Harris, he'll come good, just watch. Marcelo Montoya, Elliot Whitehead, Wonga Blake and Jordan Pereira a late Sunday up. So that's about 40 total points for Zach could possibly get. Uh, myself, Josh Morris, $2.20. Ken Mamalo, $2.00. Kemal Graham, $3.60. Jerome Luai, $4.50. Xavier Coates, $1.90. Josh 
Papali, $7. Lock and Fitzgibbon, our favorite, $5. And Moses Sully, $3.25. So that's about 30 points for me. So that's where it gets a bit interesting. Yeah, so you can see the difference between the two of us. I have a little bit of fun. I look for value and a laugh. Josh is very serious. Just goes for anyone who's a winger or a center because he doesn't really see the game properly. But that's okay. We'll move on. I'm looking to win because I want to do the intro. But anyway, Good on you. Um, we'll move into our tips now. Uh, first game, Cowboys-Roosters at in North Queensland, 7.30, 7.50, sorry, on a Thursday. What do we reckon, Zach? Yeah, I don't think we should waste too much time for the podcast listeners on this one. The Roosters, clear as day for me. Whether it's a bounce-back factor, it's to me at the end of the day, they're just too good. There's a huge gulf between the two of these teams. Daniel Tupo out, yes. Coordinate out, but I think replacements do a job and those guys are just finishing products. I think Crichton's going to run a, have an absolute field day. It's, it's, a, it's a clear Roosters win for me. We're looking at 13 plus in this one. Yeah, you just kind of have to look at the average margin for the Cowboys. It's 16. And then even more so, the average margin for the Roosters is 18 because they've just been pumping players and vice versa for the Cowboys who've been losing. So, yeah, don't really have too much to say. But they are a more competitive team at home. So that is something to think about, but maybe don't overthink it too much. One of the hardest of the games of the round, Titans-Warriors. Seabus Stadium in the Gold Coast, Friday, 6 p.m. What do you reckon? Interesting one. Um, and if we look at the ins and outs for these guys, RTS back in, Jazz Tavanga named on the bench, and I love Jazz Tavanga, so I'm excited to see him run around. Uh, Stone has moved to the second row uh, with Fimo at centre this week, so it's interesting relevance for Supercoach. But we'll talk about that later. Dollar ninety each. What do you reckon, Josh? Tough one. I think I think I like Warriors here. I I will tip Warriors. I tipped them last week. I'll tip them this week. The only scary thing is they really struggle to win away from Central Coast Stadium. Their three wins this year have all been at Central Coast Stadium. And Titans do look like they're on the up. I can see them moving forward. Like If you look at all the bad teams that would be considered Warriors, Titans, Broncos, Bulldogs, I guess that's your bottom four, more or less, maybe the Dragons. As a Bulldog supporter, and it's, it's hard to see that. You can actually see Titans, Warriors, and Dragons. They can actually have potential to win games. Like They're kind of looking better, but the Bulldogs and... Thankfully, more so the Broncos are just, they're not really look like they're going forward. So that's what makes this hard because it's two bad teams that can win games yeah. here and there. So it's hard. Yeah, average points, 38 to the Warriors with a margin of 20. That's been up and down. Uh, and 42 to the Titans. But I think the big thing here is history. If you look at the past, the overall record is 18 of 26 wins to the Warriors. And then the past two have been 24-20 Warriors and 26-10 Warriors. And one of those was away at Seabus. So they actually don't have a shocking record at Seabus as well. I think huge Ken Mamalo, Fusatua, they're lining up nicely. I know Cody Nicarima, question marks there, he's probably not going to get named with uh, no late changes. But RTS back, huge for them. Just a huge confidence boost to have such a legend in your team. Should be nice. Yeah, for a nice try scorer, Ken Mamalo. Warriors score 47% of their trials on the left-hand side and Titans concede 44% on their right-hand side. So that matches up pretty nicely there. All those stats are thanks to the Bible. So Warriors, and I think we like unders. Yep. Rabbitohs, Tigers, Bankwest Stadium, 7.55 Friday. What do we reckon? Yeah, it's a juicy one. Dollar forty-eight to the bunnies. Like as a bunnies fan, I'm thinking like that's a little bit short for for the bunnies. Like it should be a, it should be almost a dollar eighty. Almost it could be a dollar ninety each for both of these. They both had four wins this season. Recent history, 
18 to, uh, out of the 34 have been to the Rabbitohs, but Tigers won the last one, 14-9 last season, but then in reverse, um, 32-16 to, to the Rabbitohs and then 51-10 to the Rabbitohs in 2018. So it goes either way, really. I don't know. I might be running into it. I feel like the odds have been influenced by what's happened with BJ Lillard and him being out. And just on that, I just don't think that was as bad as everyone was made, made out to be. Like, if you compare that to Adam Fanua Blake, I reckon this, what Joey did was nothing. Like, it was just a lazy arm, and he did it slowly. And Dylan he's Edwards has milked that for everything everything it could have been, and he's been cop four games, and Adam Fanua Blake's cop two. I know it's different, but I just reckon, like, everyone just... Like, Joey was genuinely emotional because he saw his brother get hurt, and you could see that. Like, yeah, he's fired up. There's no excuse for it. He's not good. Don't but, you think Fanua Blake was emotional as well because they've just been wrong? Yeah, but nobody was. Like, they, 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 they had 80 minutes to win that game. You can't say... And, like, if it was a penalty, they still have to kick it from the corner. Garrick's kicking it. He's going to spray it anyway. They had... Knights didn't score that half. They just... I, f- I don't know. And then, like, Warren Smith was saying BJ Lewis is just the worst sign in NRL history. Like, like he hasn't been great, but he's definitely not the freaking worst. Know Go that, have yeah. a look at Kieran Foran. Anyway, I think it should be like, yeah, like $1.80 to $2 Tigers. I think they can win. It's a 5.5 line to the bunny, so I really like Tigers there. And points is 36.5, which is really low for a team that can score heaps in the Tigers. So I feel like, you know, sometimes Sportsbet just knows something that we don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. it just it doesn't make sense, but it somehow happens. So I don't know. There's a bit of that going on there. I think that might be that late night 7.55 greasy bank west type factor. That's why there's no points in that one. But I think over 36.5, personally, I'll be tipping the bunnies. I think they just haven't versed a mid-table team yet. They've versed either top or bottom. So we're going to be a good test this weekend. But I just like what we're producing a little bit in attack. And it's just the ball's got to stick at one stage. And hopefully um, Saturday night is the night for the bunnies. I don't know if it is, to be honest. If if the do factor is out, they just haven't been able to hold on to the ball, and that's been the biggest thing. And I think if you look at Latrell two weeks ago, five errors. It's a tough one, but they are like the class is there on on paper, but I just haven't seen it yet. Average points yes. though, forty three to the Tigers and thirty nine to the Rabbitohs. So that averages out like thirty eight, whatever, thirty nine. Oh, oh, thirty eight. Good math, Josh. Like yeah, forty one. <laughs> and the average margin for both is thirteen. I'll be taking Tigers and Zach will be taking Bunnies, of course. Moving right along, Sharks versus Panthers. Location, Jubilee Stadium, time Saturday, 3 p.m. What do you reckon, Zach? Yeah, $1.50 Panthers, two sixty Sharks. I think a little upset in this one. If I look at Panthers' recent history, a little bit of a bogey team, the old Sharkies down south. They've won five of the past six. Recently, are quite convincing. 22 of the 37 overalls of the Sharks as well. So the only one they've really won recently is Panthers last year, which I guess is their most recent form. Dean Warrior back in, Ronaldo Montoya back in, Dugan playing at fullback. I like the Sharkies to this one. If I don't take them as a tip, I'll definitely be taking that 5.5 line for this one. What do you think? I don't think I can touch them. I know you're a big fan of them lately, but I think Panthers have far too much quality. I think Sharks win games by just merely outscoring their opponents. It's just try for try, but we got to, like we can score more than you. That's just the thing. But I just don't think Panthers will allow them to score that many points for them to outscore the Panthers, if that makes sense. And the Titans really did open up the Sharks, where they just lack that quality to finish. Whereas Panthers definitely do have that quality to um, execute on their chances. So I'll be taking Panthers. Yeah, fair enough. Like really, when you break it down, forward packs somewhat equal, and I like the Sharkies bench as well. 
Like Panthers look really classy and they're just grinding teams. And if they can get a bit more attacking run this week, clear with a bit more pill going both ways, could be really nice. So I think I'll take Sharks the line, but I'll be tipping the Panthers in that one. Mm. And we've got a little a couple of try scorers. Uh, Mansour double for you, Zach? Yeah, 100%. I think almost triple. <laughs> and I like to run a lot of scores. I don't think he's scored yet. He's been kicking a lot, so hopefully he runs it this week. Broncos versus Bulldogs, Suncorp Stadium, Saturday at 5.30. What a tough game. What do you reckon, Zach? Yeah, um, it's like every week there's a, a, a game where you just really don't want to tip two stinky teams. Like you were talking about a couple minutes ago how these two teams just don't look like they're going to win. So we mind taking just a point each for these guys and we can just wrap it up early because it's not going to be great to watch. Broncos $1.65 I think is just stupid for a team so whacked like in ridiculous shape as a club as a whole state really $1.65 is ridiculous so I, I like the Bulldogs in this one and I think I'll be hopping right on the Bulldogs with no changes to the Broncos as well which doesn't make sense to me after five six losses in a row yeah it just it just smells of I've been adamant I've gone Titans over Broncos while I was preaching I didn't go it and then Warriors over Broncos I just know the week that I don't tip Broncos and, of course, against the Bulldogs, they're probably going to get up. I'm fairly worried about it. Uh, Luke Thompson's in. He's going to be playing 13 in replacement of Adam Elliott. No real changes for Broncos, as Zach mentioned. Uh, the history, 23 of the last uh, – sorry, 23 of the total 42 games have gone to the Broncos. But the last game was 30-14 to 14 Bulldogs when they're going on that really nice run uh, towards the end of last year. Yeah, it's a tough one. The big thing is for me, Bulldogs concede 64% on their left-hand side. So that really lines up very, very nicely for Xavier Coates. And Broncos score 63% on their right-hand side. So you couldn't really ask for a better matchup there. Yeah, like if you just, but if you just look at the Broncos, the way they've scored their tries for like weeks on end now, has been just ridiculous full-length field intercept, yeah. bouncing over a fullback's head and like the sun gets in his eyes, like ridiculous stuff. So if there's a team they can pull it together against, it's probably the Bulldogs. But I just like a grinding Bulldogs. I wish Adam Elliott was playing and Hopper was there because I'd go Bulldogs 13 plus. But I can't tip the Broncos this week. I don't like what the Broncos are doing. They just seem so all over the place. So take my dogs tip if I lose it. Um, I don't mind because I've tipped the dogs in this one. Yeah, I think I'm Bulldogs too because I, if they lose, it's just accepted. Um, also, so just super quickly, average margin uh, 18 for the Broncos. That's pretty large. And then the Bulldogs, 17 average margin. Just because they've been getting pumped, but maybe it's something to think about. Moving right along, oh, just another hard one. Raiders first storm. GIO yeah. Stadium, Saturday, 7.35 in a cold, probably damp Canberra. Actually, Canberra's pretty dry anyway. This one's, uh, it's building a little bit of history, this one, with the Raiders being on an absolute run in recent history with four of the past five or five of the past six, something ridiculous, and big games and Somewhat dominating wins. Dollar ninety each. One point five line, which I think that's what I'm going to be taking. Taking a storm in this one. I think when the Raiders were beating the storm and they've beaten the storm, they've been at their top and they've been full fitness. And they've they they've been torn apart with recent injuries. And some of the players that have come in, there's question marks on how, how they are in a, as a big game player. And there's some players that haven't played minutes before. It's really, really hard one. Uh as I've we've prepared enough tip storm, but I'm just thinking in my head like Raiders have been at their worst. Just I think because of that travel has been killing them. And then if you look in the reverse now, Storm are actually in a position like the Warriors where they've just been camped out in Queensland. I think so. Every they're traveling heaps, maybe a bit 
getting a bit tired. I don't know. I will be tipping Storm, but it's definitely, I don't think it's as clear cut, and which is exactly why the odds are $1.90 each. Home game factor for the Raiders, but do they just throw down on troops? And I just surely like just the Storm, like, no, we can't keep losing to this team, especially when they're so depleted. So that's the biggest thing. I think Bellamy is going to analyze the hell out of it. They've lost four. And also the difference between Melbourne and Canberra is just not that huge, like in terms of weather and like Melbourne know how to play kind of everywhere. And after last week when they're just going to be on such a confidence high for players that haven't played in big games as well, doing things, I like it. I think Paul Momorowski as well, offering some nice stuff. If Vunavali can just sort himself out for a week, I'm happy to uh, take the storm in this one. Awesome. Okay. Eels versus Knights, location Newcastle. Sunday, 4 or 5, nice afternoon game for what could be the game of the round in my opinion. Nathan Brown back in and the big prop that everyone's talking about pre I think he's already signed for the Tigers last year. I won't attempt to name his pronounce his name if, unless you want to have a crack sack. Ukutakamani, yeah, I know it. Yeah, and then Edric Lee and Sioma Tautia are out for the Knights. What do you reckon, Zach? I like this one. I think I'm I'm excited to watch it and there's a couple rumors oh yeah, Knights come good, they'll lift against a big team. Uh, without Moses Eels, you know, they fall apart. But we saw last week what they can do. And I guess it was against the Cowboys, but you still have to put points on. And the Cowboys were very good for that first 10, 15. And it just shows defense can win games. Eels are grinding early. I think $1.60 is honestly a bit long for them. I think I, I back the Eels 100% in this one. I'd take the 3.5 line negative to the Eels because I think they're going to be too good. And I can't see the Knights scoring that many points in this one. They've they've struggled recently, so it's just going to be big on their defense and if they can turn up again. I'll be taking the Eels. I think it's harder than it seemed. Just purely off going off, well, it's hard because 60% of Knights' tries come from the left-hand side and there's no Edric Lee, so that's a big factor for them whether they can score points still on that side. But then that balances perfectly because, if you believe it or not, Parramatta concedes 73% of theirs on their right-hand side. So that's Ferguson, Wonga Blake, Madison and what used to be Moses I and mean, is now dry field. So it's probably even more so vulnerable. Yeah, I agree. I think I wouldn't tip against them at the moment. And with Ponga not playing both sides as much, especially not that playing that left side. Like I'm a bit confused what Adam O'Brien's doing and getting him to just push right. And I know they didn't have a lot of attack last week to show his potential on both sides, but they didn't look like scoring a lot of points and they didn't score a lot of points against a manly team. Yes, Manly didn't score, but that's also Manly compared to the Eels. Like, you just know the Eels have a lot more attacking threats in them. So, I like um, the Eels in this one for sure, I think. It's kind of almost like Pongo's playing 5-8 and Kerman's in fullback at times because yeah. it just seems like everything's running through Pierce and Ponga, which it should be because they're the two best players, but it doesn't feel like he's chiming in in a fullback capacity. All right, Eels with that one. Dragons versus Eagles, Jubilee Stadium, Sunday 6.30. Upset of the round, perhaps? I think upset of the round. Late in the round, but upset in the round. I like the Dragons in this. $2.35. I really like them, especially the plus 4.5 line just for the, the punters out there. Real good. Mm. Mm. 37.5 total points. I think do we, I think we like under. Yeah, I think under's in this one. I, I think it's going to be grindy. Um, I think Tarek Sims back huge. I think Pereira back huge because Jason Saab was a little bit stinkus meninkus. AFB out. As I know you love, it's huge. Yep. Sully didn't look as impactful last week. I, I like the Dragons in this. And they've got recent history as well over them. Uh, 19 of 29 total matches between the two, the Dragons have won. 
And three of the last four, the Dragons won as well. So I do like the Dragons as an upset here. And they're coming good. Yeah, they're looking like they're getting a bit of consistency, consistency about them. They're looking quite formidable against two like against last year's grand finalists, the Raiders and the Roosters. They came back against the Raiders and they probably just faded against the Roosters. It's been a big break for them. I think I think they got yeah, like we said, they gained a little bit of confidence and Manly are thirty two percent without Turbo. You chuck in Adam Fanua Blake, who's probably their second best player up there. Yeah. That worsens. So I think Dragons one to twelve will be looking quite nice. I think Manly with Des Cohen there, they're similar to what's been instilled in the Bulldogs, they can grind it out. So I think it will be close, but I really think it'll be a low. Pretty much what you saw in the Newcastle game, I think will be a repeat of this week. 100%. Okay, so that's the tips for this week. Uh, we'll just quickly summarize. I'll go through the first four games. Zach, you can go through the second four. First game, Roosters, 13 plus and overs. Valentine Holmes, $2.50 to score. Warriors, under points and Kemamala to score. I like Tigers, Zach likes Bunnies, but we agree 36.5 points and over. Camel Graham and Luke Garner to score. Penrith, Sharks line for Zach and I believe unders. Yeah, I think we did the Doggies as our first upset. Doggies under the total points, but take that line at 4.5. We like Coates and Marcelo Montoya, absolute animal. The Storm and unders, but the Storm plus 1.5 in that. I like Paul Malwarowski to go hat-trick of weeks in a row scoring. Eels, Eels 1-12, to 12, should be a little bit closer. And again, we have to get on Lockwood Fitzgibbon. He's going to come good soon. And Dragons, Dragons 1-12, to 12, upset of the round. Lock this in, remember it for next week. Under points and Jordan Pereira to score. Awesome, man. You've crafted a Sunday multi for us, have you? Yeah, so just using those last four legs, we've gone two, uh, two same gamers into each other. Para 1-12 and Fitzgibbon. Dragons 1-12 and Pereira. Is $116. So that's a few lunches for a few people out there looking to uh, fund a good week of eating. Kind of crazy, but definitely crazy things have happened. Okay, everyone, time for Super Coach. How did we go last week, Zach? If you're yeah, to be honest, I'd rather not talk about this. It's been like this for weeks on end, really, with a couple decent weeks, maybe just a Teddy Captain week. I got 10.33, projected way more than that. I had Cleary as captain, stinky, Ponga no good, uh, move on to this week. I like what I've done with my trades this week. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, what about you? I was marginally better, however, still not great. I went 1157. Captain Cleary also, I thought he was going to get huge. He just didn't do a whole lot. And probably my worst player was Rodman Best, which wasn't. Oh, yeah, same as me. Yeah. yeah. Also, careful in the chafe with the uh, captain's call that I did pick Cleary <laughs> earlier in the week. But we'll move on to fullbacks. Let's talk about it. Yep, moving right along. Fullbacks. So, Teddy's just doing Teddy things. He's upgraded from what, like 70 to 108 or 80 to 108. Like, just nuts. I, I just didn't think he did enough to deserve 108 points. <laughs> he didn't do anything really. Like, just give him points, honestly. It's Teddy points. He's, you guess he's a unicorn. Yeah, exactly. So, again, he's probably closing in on a million dollars this week, which is just nuts. If you don't have him, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think he. I think if the boat's passed, I don't think it's worth or it is worth it, but you'd have to seriously pull apart your team to get a million dollars to bring him. The big next question is, and I know you're debating this, it's Ponga versus Gutherson, which I didn't think last week or two weeks ago or five weeks ago we'd be talking about this. It just seemed like a straight Teddy Ponga combo. But Gutherson, uh, talk about it, Josh. Explain it to us. Yeah, this is a really hard one. A lot of you guys, I got a lot of hate mail from the fans saying you should have got. Uh, Kalen Ponga two weeks ago where I got Latrell. And yes, Kalen did outscore him by 30 points or odd. But I've also made 100 grand. So jokes on you guys. 
Ponga now has 150 break even, and he's like I said, he's dropped 100 thousand dollars. Whereas Guthan is could not be more of a polar opposite. Pretty much the same price, negative 33 break even coming off to 100 plus scores. The latest being 166. I think long term Ponga's the man, but we have also seen Ponga fade in and out throughout the season in form. Like he'll start off strong and then he kind of fades. As I think, and it might be harsh, he's typically team does well, he's doing well. If the team's not doing well, he's not going to carry the team so much. And I think we're yeah. seeing that when the nights were really red hot and they're kind of fading a little bit. He's fading a little bit. And like, yes, there wasn't too many attacking opportunities, but with, like Zach mentioned in the tips, he's really staying on that right-hand side, which is not his favoured side, I believe. So it's really limited in his opportunities, but it's a hard one. I I am taking Gutherson this week, purely based on break-even and price and, yeah, long-term cash projection. Yeah, for me, I think people out there considering trading Ponga down to Gutherson and taking that cash grab and then coming back to in two weeks, I understand it and I can see the strategy in it and with all the trades this year, good idea. But if you're burning two trades a week, which I know a lot of people are because of the injuries, in the back end, that waste of trade, especially if Ponga could go off, like he does have the eels this week, but this potentially could go off at any time as proven that he went 160 plus or 150 plus against the Raiders. So I wouldn't be going Ponga to Gutherson, but I like Gutherson as an option if you don't have Ponga right now. Yeah, I think that is really sideways and. Gutherson is going to be a sell when Moses comes back. So that's also something to keep in mind of. Uh, any other possible outcomes? I'm oh, sorry, any other possible players? Valentine's Holmes, I'm on the wing now, so he's no. Ryan Pappenhausen, he is looking a bit better, but I have a severe hatred for him. So I won't be going near him. I think he's a one-hit wonder, and I just don't like him. Yeah, Pappenhausen, just apart from Supercoach, I heard him talking. He came on NRL 360. And he was talking about the field goal. And he was like, yeah, there was no other question. Like, of course, I was getting the ball. No like, way. Did he really say that? Show a bit of humility. Yeah, he was like... Oh, ben don't Arkin's tell gone. me that. I hate him more Ben Arkin's gone, did you know you were getting it the whole time? He's like, yeah, I knew I was getting it. Like, what do you oh, mean, mate? Like, I need a rant about that. Like, he was like, yeah, he looks like he's 12 years old. And he was like <laughs> fourth string fullback at the Storm. Like a fourth string. He like had two people had to fucking tear their pecs. Someone had to move to North Queensland. Like Billy Slater had to retire. I don't know. He's just like... Ah, like good on him. He's making the spot he is, but I reckon he's just one here wondering. You could see that he's he's not as good. Second second season syndrome right now, but fuck, yeah. I can't believe you said that. Oh my god. Yeah, seriously, you gotta keep your eye out. Ben Arkin is spicy. All right, moving along. I'll let you take the reins on this one, Zach. Center wing, what's going on? Yeah, so Yo continues to be a must-have. It's probably the only player you can just bank on getting 60, 70 a week. There's a couple other guns, and these are probably the ones that if you're looking to push your center wing to its final position. You know, there's less injuries in the previous week. I know people are trying to upgrade their second row and get that extra gun in. There's three we're going to talk about. If I were to tell you pre-season, Zach, after trying to build a super coach team for months, your, your final center four is likely to look like Yo, Brett Morris, David Nofaluma, and maybe Marcus Seaver. Like, don't you just laugh in my face if I said that to you in pre-season? Yeah, like, honestly, you'd just be an idiot. But that's what it is. So we're going to talk about that now. Brett Morris, 6.2% owned, but he's 726K. So like you're going to have to get serious bank and like get a loan to get him because he's just ridiculous. But the Roosters have a nice run coming up. If you want to get on him and you don't believe in Sevo scoring triples every week and you think maybe Norfolk not as good without Joey, you know, feeding him a little ball or drafting that inside on the outside defender, Brett Morris, just huge. And he just keeps scoring. 
and scoring and scoring. So if you have the cash, I like him. Cowboys this week. Cowboys this week. So he can probably he'll probably score more again. And just the last one I mentioned there, Mike Acevo is only 559k, which I'm not saying only, but that's almost 200k cheaper than the top price of Morris. But he's 14.1% owned, so it's a little bit more than Morris. And he's got that 145 in his rolling average. So if I had to pick one at a discount, I'd probably take with the Eels draw, Sevo. And I think more ball's going to go left while Moses is out. So I do like Sevo, and he's a bit of fun as well. Wouldn't mind a try celebration with him this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we'll move down a price bracket. We'll go the best of around the 400s, 450s to 500s. Sion Katoa, 55 without a try, which is really nice. They have a really nice run coming up. Penrith, Warriors, Dragons, Broncos, and then Eels. So there's a good three, four games there which he can score points. Lomax, he's probably been my favorite part of this season. I'll I'll name and shame my nemesis, Zach Viago. He's been begging, absolutely begging for a name shout out in this podcast. So there it is, mate. And you, your advice telling me to sell Lomax is probably the worst I've ever received. So thanks for that. Lomax has just been great. Gift that keeps on giving. Kurt Mann, never meant to be super coach relevant. For some reason, he has been. So good on you if you got him at like 270K. Josh Morris, 34. Shouldn't be super coach relevant, but in a fantastic team, he's just he's doing wonders. And Campbell Graham, he, if he scores tries, he's up there. So if you think they're gonna they have a good run, don't mind it. They're all they're all okay options, but they just they most of them except for Lomax rely on attacking stats. So if you're stuck at that price point, they're not bad players, but don't really go up. Like don't don't bring this player in thinking he's gonna save your team. Yeah. Question for you before we get. Uh, moving on to the cells and Tex Hoy is a replacement for Edric Lee, which is an interesting one. He might be a little bit of a cheapy option with the lack of cheapies as a couple of them played a couple of games and got their price rise now. But Bradman Best, what do you think? Are you looking to sell? Do you think he's still a gun? Interesting, that one. It is very interesting. I'll take it back pre-season when everyone, before he got injured, everyone was hyping him up. And then someone, I saw a comment like his New South Wales Cup stats weren't that great. And then he's just flown out of the blocks and gone like hundreds and whatnot. So everyone's like, like let's go. But I think he'll come good. He's just he's a beast, and he's just I think he's just as a as a young guy coming to the league, he's gone great. He's probably fizzled out as a team. He's not playing too well. But those attacking stats will come and just pray to pray the Lord that Ponga sweeps over to the left and feeds him some ball. Because like I think Kurtman fed him fed him early ball and hurry out. He looked dangerous. They just need to do that a lot more. Yeah, but yeah. The, the issue just, on that left hand side as well is. Kurt Mann, if it's given, it's run first, pass second. So just the ball's not getting the best. So he's going to do a lot of more dirty work or he needs to jag and try and gain some confidence because you can see that he can score two, three tries in a game. Yeah, exactly. Sells. What are you early, thinking? Early, 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 bird. early ball is key for him. So Tupo, sell six to eight weeks or something like that with an ankle injury. Brian Toho, same, same deal. Joey Manu, he's been a sell for weeks, but Zach's just kept him for some reason. Sioma Tautia, I think it's a sell. And Kotrick is a roller coaster, but I just don't think his ups are worth keeping compared to his downs. Yeah, so I'm not too sure about Joe Mann as a sell because he's very handsome. He's a bit of a legend. But Joey Le Lua, uh, sell. That's the one I want to add in there as well. <laughs> yep. All right, let's talk halves very quickly, Zach. There's not a whole lot going on because I think we all made major moves last week bringing in Cleary and SJ. Or yep. Brown. I'm burning I didn't bring in Brown because he scored 100. But SJ did quite well, so it's not too bad. What are you thinking for that position? Yeah, I think you've got to go with... It's pretty simple now. You're looking to cash out Luiz and George Williams. 
I've still got George Williams and he's playing, which is not ideal, but it's just what I've had to do. And he's going steady. Let's see if he can reproduce his storm performance of late. But yes, you, you're looking to bring in combination of Cleary and SJ or Cleary. And the other ones are probably Flanagan. It's not a bad option, especially if you're going to score some points in the coming weeks. But there's not too much to talk about there. Yeah, Munson Emerson extended bench. So that burns if he's back after just two weeks. Oh, I think other popular, yeah, other popular buyers got drink water. Get rid of him. Luai's actually doing okay. He's just he's been he's been nice. I haven't been able to cash out him, cash him out yet, but he's just been ticking along, which is quite nicely. But yeah, we spoke about that extensively last week, so there's not too much to go on there. All right, move on to our second rows. It's just it's just been a pretty calm week in Supercoach after this the devastating injuries over the past month. So it just seems like a pretty chill week for Supercoach. So we can actually make some moves. Second row, we've got our guns. Madison, a bit of concern with our Moses, whether he's getting involved as much. So if you don't have him, maybe hold off on that. Crichton is a gun and McGinnis starting 13 this week, which is also fantastic. Yeah, I think the one thing to look at for Mato though was they had a lot of ball. After that first 15 minutes, they had a lot of ball and he can tackle. So you're taking out 10, 15 extra tackles from him just without the Cowboys having the ball in that game. So I think that will balance out a little bit more. I hope if Ponga starts sweeping left a little bit more, Madison maybe has to get a little bit more involved. And you know Kurt Mann, if it's given, like to run it straight. So like a couple of head knocks from Maddo maybe. Jazz Tavunga coming back in is a question mark for Toru Harris. So if he hadn't already got on him, I wouldn't be jumping on him right this week, even though they've got a nice matchup. I'd definitely watch and see where Tavunga slots in and how many minutes he takes. Mid-ranger, Zach, what do you reckon? Yeah, Billy Kikau, I've got him. He's just sunk under 500k. The fact he's not getting ball, like he only had four runs on the weekend. They just use him as a huge decoy. So he's a sell. Look to cash him out. Look to upgrade him, really, because the, the ones we've just named in Crying and McKinnis are good options. Lucy, Hess, Katoa, all sells. I think the first one you want to sell there is Lucy with a high break even, just looking a little bit vulnerable with a bit of a soft head. But he does G up, so it's good to watch. Yeah, he's the soft Disney. And the fact that his name this week after being stretched off last week, like, sorry to see him get stretched off, but I think he might just be a little bit of a softy. A little bit dramatic, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Carrigan, he's looking the goods. And I've currently got him in my front row, which is not fantastic to have two Broncos there, but they're churning out. They're probably the two best there, so I'm happy to have it. Cheapies, Josh. We've got two there. What are you thinking? Yep, so we have Tom Eisenhoof for the negative 26 break even. He got a, I think he got a try assist and a line break assist last week, so that's probably why he's there. But he's usually good for about four points, so be worried about that, especially with a, a he's an A nightmare. And then for more, I don't know how to say that name. Uh, he's playing center this week. Was playing second row last week. Job security is a major issue with Kevin Fox coming back, so cash out to him, but don't expect to uh, him to be like an Elise Katoa or whatever. Moving into the front row forwards, consistent performances from all the top guns. They're just they're looking great. It's good. It's it's nice to see if you look at a big term or a long term. Big picture, we were really struggling. We just had Haas and probably Twal, and then all the big guys were just waiting to get fit. All those big guys are fit now, and we just have we have Sofidi, we have Clemmer, we have Junior Paulo, we have Papali with all the injuries. We have Haas. Twal looks like he's coming back in a couple of weeks, so we have plenty to, to discuss here. Uh, before we get into some players, I think not a bad strategy, and I know a lot of people are against this because they don't have that huge ceiling, but a front row forward as a bench option, a little bit cheaper than like a big center wing or an extra half is not a bad little option, especially with a consistent 60. And then you add a try in there, especially for a couple of them that can get over or with a nice run, they can go huge, especially with the inflated scores this year. So it's something to keep an eye out. You know, if you want to bring Twile back in at just over 500K, it is an option. 
uh, especially he's coming back in week 10, I believe, uh, round 10, and he's looking mighty fit. Like, you know, he's been pumping a lot to bully. Um, Haas, proven gun, came back to his old ways, really good to see. Turned out a 90, so happy days for Haas owners. There's no real stress there, but let's talk about who we're going to pair him with and potential players you can bring in. What are you thinking, Josh? Yep, so we've got a list here. We've got Daniel Saifidi with a 73.63 round average, 85 break even, so his price is going to even out now, but he's definitely more than capable of grabbing 85. 13% owned. David Klemmer, following his 38 with a reduced minutes against the Storm, he pumped out a massive score. Still has a 74 three-round average, so he's a good one to own, and he's just offloading heaps, which is great to see from uh, Klemmer. Yep. Junior Paulo, probably, probably my favorite just because he's so unique. Three-round average of 81 point. Nine, he's just like similar to Clemmer. He's just a better version of Clemmer in the sense of he's offloading and he's just bumping off tackles and he's just huge and he's only four percent owned, which is just nuts. Yeah, like if I had to pick one, I get on Junior Paulo every day of the week here. Like, yes, his offloading could stop, but it hasn't stopped, and teams have tried to stop him. And four yeah, percent owned is ranks. pretty ridiculous, really. Yeah. The next one, Papali, and I think Papali he's not as elite as the other three in terms of consistency. But with his try scoring ability, he's got a huge ceiling. And I think because the Raiders pack being torn apart, no Horsberg, uh, no Soliola now, he could be huge and he could play bigger minutes. And he could really step up like he does with, you know, three or four rounds to go when they're charging for the finals. Uh, and he's a little bit cheaper, which is nice. And he's 12% owned, so he's reasonably owned, but still a bit of a pod player to bring him in. And the last one, James Fisher-Harris. Three-round average of 66.3, so he's not in that 70 echelon as the rest of the players that are currently averaging that. But the Panthers have a nice run uh, with the Cowboys and the Titans uh, in their coming weeks. So I think there's a try for him and I think it's coming this weekend, baby. So we have the cold injured and uh, cows that need to be milked or upgraded, downgraded or whatever. Two on the Brown, saying it weeks and weeks now, could start losing cash even more so with Jace Savunga back. 57 break evens, which is way above his average. So he's his sell. Rudolph, yep. it's kind of similar, just... Being uh, steady, he's on the bench now, with, I think, with Fafita and Yamanueli playing so well. Cora Hoisberg injured, Gula injured. they got to go. Spicy and wants to watch. Martin to Powell. I don't believe so because he's just been he's just been so lackluster. But with Adam Fanua Blake out, he's one, to, he's one to watch at only 410K. Yeah, I think the big thing there is only 410K. So that's what I was talking about in earlier strategy. If you want to plunk him as a little bench option, like he's almost he's, he's cheaper than George Williams and he's the same price as like a little eye. So you know what you're going to get from him. I don't mind it. The other one, Regan Campbell-Gillard. He's not quite elite yet, averaging mid-60s, but that's with some great form. He's B of 10, but he's 100K cheaper than the rest of the current guns. So I don't mind him as a possible option, but if I'm going to look for a forward, I'm going to look at Junior Paulo. I'm going to look at Saifidi. And the last one, Josh Maguire. Now, I know Josh doesn't really like me talking about Josh Maguire on the podcast, but quite a left-foot option, but he's one to be mentioned. 68.8 five-round average in a team that's been getting pretty well pumped. He's just going to tackle. He's just going to get dirty. He's just going to get in the thick of it. So I wouldn't get excited, but he's not a bad option to think about if you want to go a little bit left field. Yeah, 68.8 is nothing to be ashamed about. Okay, moving on to hookers. We won't spend too much time here. Grand Appy is more than suffice. Uh, like there's not much to say. Appy and Grant have just been fantastic. It's just in a year that looked like it was going to be very hard on cheapies. These two have have just delivered and it's been fantastic. Smith playing the halves last week definitely did hurt, but he's back at nine this week. Do you reckon he gets changed back to seven again? Yeah, I think it's just going to be the exact same thing. He's going to go back. 
Like that's what's going to happen. I think Riley Jax is used to just watching most of the time. So it's good for him. Uh, yeah, he's looking nice. Yeah. Um, he's been getting, he's been scoring quite well. He's just ticking along, and they're good pod players. I wouldn't not get Smith or Cook. Like I think it's definitely a pod way to get them, but I just don't think it's completely necessary when you have Grant and Appy. So Zach, we have a couple of questions from fans, but we've, we've we've only been able to pick two due to time constraints. So, hey Zach and Josh, I have Hess and Lucy. They're mid rangers unfortunately. I have lots of money. I can get anyone. Whom should I get? For me, and this is a question that I've had to answer myself in my team this week, I'm going Angus Crichton. Draw factor, he's a monster. If, I, if I'm comparing McInnes versus Crichton, I really think with the attacking upside and the decent base that Crichton can hold, especially with a couple of tackles here and there, I like Crichton as the option to bring in. He's expensive, but that gives you that extra gun and I've got three guns down in second, second row, which is nice. Crichton's heaps more handsome as well, so I think that probably tips tips. Yeah, he's got a fanboy too. factor as well for sure. Yeah. What about you, Josh? You go Crichton, yeah? Yeah, easily. And uh, yeah, just say if you're looking for a bit of pod action, Sean Lane's looking nice if they're sweeping left heaps. All right, next question. I'm considering going Ponga to Gutherson. Is this sideways? Is this chasing points? So we talked about this earlier. I believe it is sideways for the long term. If you if you have nothing else wrong with your team, yeah, go for it. And if you have trades up your sleeve, which most of us do, go for it. But I think Gutherson will only be relevant as Moses is out of the side. And fortunately enough, Moses has been time the time on the sidelines has been extended so could get a good run out of Gutherson but I think if you have Ponga just stick with him hopefully he comes good as nights come good yeah I agree I think Gutherson with the kicking as well nice added factor so if you want to bring him in more than welcome to I'm, I don't care too much but personally I keep Ponga on my team I'm not looking to get rid of Gutherson I'm happy to run Teddy Ponga season long and maybe look at Turbo when he comes back into form and are back on the field yeah perfect Okay, any captaincy options? I think the very clear one is Teddy against the Cowboys. Yeah, I think I'm going to look at the uh, little loophole on Teddy for the first game just for a little bit of security blanket because I've got plenty of uh, NPRs or uh, non-playing reserves. I'm definitely looking at Teddy as a vice um, and I don't mind getting on just Hass against the Dogs. Okay, to wrap this podcast up, we're just going to uh, discuss our trade for the week. Myself, I'm going Luciano Leilua to the Titan second row, who's now playing center. Fimor, is that how you say it? Yeah, Fimor. Yep, and then to, with that money, my idea was behind that was I was going to go Katoa to Fimor, but I think Katoa's just going to stay there on the bench because he's injured, so that's fine. He's not going to lose any money. Lucy's losing money, and I can gain an extra 100 grand from downgrading him now. So getting that done, and then I'm, I still have Stags in my team. Don't judge me. So I'm either going to go Stags to Gutherson, all the trail. Yeah. We'll see. I've held, held stags this long. He's only a week away, so I might just keep him there. But I like yeah, you, Zach. And I'm going Lucy down to Tom Eisenhuth. I was going to go Femore, but I don't mind Eisenhuth's negative BE. Uh, a little bit better job security. And then I'm going to go Elliot. Unfortunately, I brought him in two weeks ago. Maybe some points. Nice to have, but I'm going him up to Angus Crichton. So I've still got Horsberg and Katoa sitting on the bench, but they're not going to lose any value. So I'll trade them out next week and keep upgrading this team because it's coming together. Wonderful. So that wraps us up for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a bright and early start for us. We should get this out to you by Wednesday morning even, so it won't be too much of a delay. Thanks for listening. Again, keep the fan mail coming. Keep the positivity up. Keep sending your multis that you're winning. It's fantastic motivation for us. Nothing better than a Monday. Open up some Monday multis for a bit of motivation. Yeah, so thanks for listening, and thank you, everyone. Beautiful. Everyone have a great weekend. Go the bunnies. Let's go.